morning we share in a gospel reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 1 through 21. And for those who were here last week, you may remember we read from Mark 6, and we skipped a big section. Well, this is a, the same story that was in Mark 6 that we skipped last week. Jesus escapes, tries to escape with his disciples at the beginning of the passage, then the 5,000 gather And then he returned to healings last week. This week we share in the familiar story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. After Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias, a large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up to the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. And when he looked up, he saw a large crowd coming toward him. Jesus said to Philip, Where are we going to buy bread for all of these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. But Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get just a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. And then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. And so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told the disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up. And from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the boat, or went down to the sea and got in a boat and started across the sea of Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because A strong wind was blowing, and when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A bunch of people gather at church wearing tie-dye, and we read a story about a bunch of people in a field, and the way my strange mind works, I thought about Woodstock all week long. But I don't really want to talk about Woodstock necessarily, though there are many times and places where large crowds gather. 
And when a gathering of people, a large gathering of people in one way or another, begins to fear that there might not be enough, well, you risk chaos ensuing. Riots, revolts, and revolutions can start when people fear there will not be enough or they might not be able to get what they think is theirs. It's funny, with all the Christmas in July promotions that have been in my email box this week, maybe one of the best examples that hits home for a lot of us is the story of the run on the bank and It's a Wonderful Life. Everyone feared they would lose their money, so they wanted to get it out before someone else took it. If you move the story of being in a field in the middle of nowhere instead of into a bank, and if you create the commodity as food rather than a savings account, you just might be able to see what these disciples are looking at as the crowd is gathering. They see large crowds coming towards Jesus. And they start to wonder what would be next. Jesus saw that the people were searching for meaning and hope, and Jesus then finds ways to meet their needs. I think that if we're going to be people of Jesus, there's something to learn from this story. And there's something to learn when we see gatherings of people who have come from faraway places who are seeking something more, something better, or even just something else. Jesus shows up and loves them. Jesus finds a way to serve them. And and with God's help, we too can do this. But it will take seeing things differently than those people who made a run on the bank and on George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. Now you notice that at the end of the story, Jesus stayed up on the mountain by himself. He'd been trying to get away with his disciples, getting, getting away for some rest. But there was no rest. The people knew what Jesus could do. They had seen the way that he could heal. And so they followed. They followed and they actually met him where he was going in some cases. And in this case, even though Jesus needs time away, he leans into the crowd. And the disciples were not actually ready for this. They they were not prepared. They were kind of concerned with their own welfare in a way. They probably did not want the responsibility of feeding those 5,000 people who were there. And though they were the ones who were closest to Jesus' miracles and healing, when faced with this situation, they, they operated with a mindset of scarcity. They feared there might not be enough to go around. This scarcity mindset caused them to want to pull away from the people. And so when Jesus asks where we're going to get food, 
They just realize we don't have enough money for the food. They saw scarcity. They saw scarcity and they were limited by this. They were shaped by a mindset that wasn't accounting for the power of God. Now, it's funny, to have had the Son of God with them, they were actually quite out of step with what Jesus had taught them. Remember that sermon on the mount? Or all the other sermons that he had preached? Love one another. Care for one another. Go the extra mile. Turn the other cheek. If they ask for a dollar, give them two. Or consider the lilies of the fields and the birds of the air. They don't toil. God just cares for them. God provides. The power of God is abundant. The lilies of the fields and the birds of the air didn't save money in George Bailey's bank. They didn't have an endowment. They, they couldn't put stuff in barns or sheds. They flew out every morning to get worms for their young. And God provided. God cared. And somehow we're to be shaped by that mindset rather than the one that the disciples operated with. Somehow we are to see or to shift our minds away from the practical limitations that are immediately jumped to by fearful disciples. And, and we're to open ourselves up to, to see in ways that Jesus does. Because he sees, he sees abundance and hope and possibility. For Jesus, this field of people is not a crowd of folks who are a threat, a a drain on society, or are going to keep him from doing his ministry because they're too costly. Rather, it's an opportunity for a miracle to happen. They gathered hoping for something amazing to happen. And Jesus, by reframing the scarcity of the first disciple delivers. Delivers in ways that just might be instructive for us, even if we cannot magically multiply loaves and fishes like Jesus might be able to do. Jesus looks at the crowd and he sees abundance. And within a framework of abundance, he realizes that miracles can happen. Yes, Jesus' miracle very well may have been that he was able to miraculously multiply loaves and fishes offered by a little boy in a beautiful way that provides for everyone. And it's amazing that we see that when we offer love, offer in love, offer with love, God takes what we offer and multiply it many, many times beyond what we could do. But practically speaking, for us, as folks who are more often than not in that 
gathered crowd, I, I wonder if the people who were gathered that day saw the little boy and they saw his offering and they realized, I can offer something too. I mean, if you went to follow a teacher in a field, you probably wouldn't have gone with empty pockets, right? If you were towing your your children along, you had some ancient Near Eastern version of, of a diaper bag, right? You had something with you. And in that moment, if by that boy offering what he had, folks thought, well, you know, I, I really did pack enough for my family. I think we have plenty that we can share. And it starts to ripple. And everyone who's there, their mindset begins to shift from worried about not having enough to realize that when everyone who's gathered offers the best that they brought with generosity, there is plenty to be had. The lesson here, at the very least, is that when a gathered group offers their best with open hearts and open hands, the mindset shifts from one of scarcity to one of abundance. The mindset shifts from, I only have enough for me, to the reality of abundance, which reveals that there is more than enough for everyone when we all are willing to see what is possible, rather than fearing that we have something someone might be trying to get from us. That's in part what this miracle helps us with today. Though many thousands of people gathered in a field following a teacher, and though that may seem strange to us today, I haven't been in a field following a teacher recently, have you? I have been with a gathering of people who were there with a purpose. And when those gatherings I was with generously offered what they had for the good of the whole, God was able to multiply it. God's love, rather than the narrow-minded, scarcity focus of that first disciple, made something happen. It helps me realize, it helps us realize that there is more than enough for everyone's needs to be met. We take it for granted in the church, but I actually think the church is full of stories like this. I don't think we would be the church today if there were not 2,000 some years of stories of this happening. We are people, we are a gathering who best reflect what is possible when we shift from scarcity to seeing abundance and trusting God's help. And there is not enough time to recount all of the stories of this happening, though I hope some are coming to mind in, from your life. But I wonder if an example is Vacation Bible School. I wonder if Vacation Bible School is an example of people gathering, endeavoring to help our children experience the love of God, and a group of people willing 
to see abundance rather than scarcity. Oh, I know as well as most, not better than most, but as well as most, that the weeks leading up to Vacation Bible School are anxious. Will there be enough teachers? Did everyone put in the right supply lists? Do we have enough help? Will there be enough snacks? Could this be the year that the people of Oxford overwhelm Oxford Baptist Church and every child comes? These things keep church leaders and committee leaders up at night. But this week, instead of seeking just what they needed for themselves, a group of some 50 adults and youth gathered, chipped in, worked hard, gave their all, and found there was enough for every child at VBS. There's snacks left over in the kitchen if you need them. We can put together some crafts if you would like. If you would like your white shirt, dress shirt, tie-dyed, we could do that for you as well. On a given Sunday morning, sometimes we have 20 children in the children's building. But every morning here, there was 100, 150 people. There was enough. Everybody was tired when they went home at the end of the day, but, but God took the, the little offering that we were stretching with with caffeine in our tumblers every morning. And God helped things to grow. And when the church looks at itself and, and looks at all we're cared to call to care for and sees that it's possible and sees that with God's help there is abundance, it can look at our nation, at our world, And we can be the ones who see abundance rather than scarcity. With an abundant outlook, we can stop wondering whether as individuals we will get what we need. Whether this congregation or this ministry will feed me. And we can start to see that by opening ourselves up, there is more than we as an individual can even or ever take in when everyone is welcome and encouraged to offer the best that they have, then everyone does get cared for. The babies in the nursery are provided for. If everyone makes offerings in hope and and generosity, there's, there's no shortage of Sunday school teachers or music leaders or missions instructors. And the result of everybody in the body of Christ offering their best to the church means that there's no issues over paying the bills and there's no shortage of meaningful ministries to engage in because everyone is sharing what they have for a world that's in need out of the deep riches that God has given them. And ultimately, all the good things, all the hopeful things and all the possibilities in the world exist Because we have enough faith to believe that there is enough. And when we believe that there is enough, we are free to offer back to God that which He's given us. And we don't treat it like God's just given it to us. 
And God meets the needs of the world when we believe in God's abundance. Just like the little boy did on the hill that day. Our part is to figure out how we shift our mindset and our vision from that of the disciples who only saw a big invoice to that of Jesus who worked with what he had. When we look around the world sometimes, the narrative is that there is not enough. Governments operate as if there's not enough. Political parties will never have enough. And that mindset has bled into us. And it causes us to see limitations and wonder, is there enough to make ends meet? Can everyone get their needs met? If everything is expanding and growing and changing, will there be enough? And to me, the Bible story shows us that when people gather with a purpose and choose to collectively join together with a spirit of abundance and opt for the possibility of what we all can do together, what we will see is that there is plenty to go around. When everyone is generous, needs are met. People find satisfaction and God's goodness is spread through our openness and our generosity. But when we're closed off, when we are fearful, when we are more set on conserving what it is that we feel like we've been given, then questions will remain. But Jesus is in the business of meeting needs. He has more than met your needs and mine. He has met the needs of those people gathered on that hillside who needed to eat. And he was already starting to meet their need before they knew they had it. And so the call of faith today is to realize that with all that we've been blessed with, with our our health, with our time, with our relationships, with our congregation, our resources, and with our great wealth compared to that around the world or sometimes even just around the corner. God is ready to use us to meet needs. Meet needs that we might not even know we have yet. But He's ready to provide for. Just like He did on that hillside. And so the question we face is, do we believe in God enough? Do we believe in God's abundance enough? Do we believe in God's blessing enough to see the opportunities and to look at our world with abundance? Or are we just going to make sure we get our needs met? All over this land, people gather with needs and we can play a part in meeting them. When we do, I pray that God will help us to see His work, to see His abundance, to see His blessing and and, and I hope that God will show us the ways that we can participate today in feeding 5,000. Because I truly believe that with God's help, we can be a part of this happening now on earth as it does in heaven. So long as we believe that abundance is possible. Will you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for this day that you've given us. We give you thanks for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon each of us. We give you thanks for all of the ways that you have provided for us beyond what we could ask or imagine. 
Lord, today help us with open hearts to see the ways that we can love one another more, to serve one another better, and to to shift ourselves and our souls from scarcity to abundance. Not because we have an unending checking account or a deep well of anything we want, but because when we are connected to your power, there is more than enough. And so, Lord, through the abundance of your love, shape us with that love so that your kingdom come and your will may be done on earth as it is in heaven for this day and for each day that lies ahead. Lord, it's in your name we pray these things today. Amen.